0: Hey guys, this is Person About Town, now presented by Women in Comedy Festival. We've got a guest that I've been trying to get forever. I'm super excited, and she's going to tell you where we are and who she is.
1: I'm Kelly McFarland. I'm a comedian out of Boston, and we're currently at Improv Boston in Central Square, Cambridge.
0: So why did you choose this as your favorite place?
1: <laughs> Do you want me to tell you the real answer? Uh, yes, yeah, all okay. All answers. right, so here's the real answer. <laughs> so the, the well, let me tell you the fake answer. Okay. That'll be more yes, fun. Yes. So the okay. fake answer would be... Because I just, I feel like a kinship to this theater, and I... Uh, couldn't think of any place, like if they'd let me live here, <laughs> I would, no. Uh, I actually, I mean some of those things, right? Yeah. I love, I love this, uh, theater. It's a, uh, an improv theater, an organization in Cambridge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm on the National Touring Company here. So I, I'm a crossover. I'm a stand-up and an improviser. I know, right? Yeah. We we'll can yeah. talk about that more later. Uh, so I'm on the National Touring Company here and I wanted to go to Watertown Diner, right. which is amazing, I lived in Watertown for over 10 years, wow. so I love the diner. And it's pouring today, so both of us would have been like drowned rats trying to drink tea and eat toast. Yeah. So we, we met centrally here at Improv Boston. This is
0: very central to me, I yes, appreciate
1: it. Yes, me too. I mean, why not, right? Yeah. yeah. So, when did you first
0: become involved with Improv Boston?
1: Yeah, so I've been doing stand up since uh, a long time. We'll just leave it at that. And uh, I started, I got Wicked Writer's Block in like Mm -hmm. 2010. And I just, I'd like won a contest and, or come in second and another contest. It was like all this stuff and felt like things were really going great. And then I kind of just, kind of hit a wall where like I couldn't think of anything funny uh I mean I could think of funny things but I was like oh it's been done this has been done um so I decided to take an improv class so I took improv 101 right uh didn't tell anybody about it right because in the stand-up community yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's weird they're weird we're we're weird yeah Yeah. we're weird creatures so I kind of did it on the sly and uh, found that it was super fun and it just got my creative juices going again, nice. which is great. It's like flexing another muscle. And uh, I love crowd work. I do a lot of crowd work yeah. in my act. It's kind of who I am. So oh, it was just an extension of that. Uh, and then I went up through the comedy school here mm-hmm. at Improv Boston and uh, yeah. And then I just never stopped coming here. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Wow.
0: So, yeah, there isn't a lot of cross, like, there aren't that many people who I know who are as Mm -hmm. accomplished in stand-up who also do improv, like, you talk about how it's it's flexing another muscle, like, what are some of those muscles that you're flexing, and also, how is the reaction from, like, your stand-up friends?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like, so the muscle that you're flexing is, it's similar, right? Like, if you love, I'm not sure if improv makes you a a good stand-up comedian if you've never done stand-up, Right. Uh, both of us make our living off of doing stand-up so it's like I knew how to do that all day every day and then the improv you're not by yourself nothing's scripted it's all made up on the spot so you kind of have to really figure out where your funny is Mm -hmm. and turn off that critic right like we're constantly going for the laugh and stand up like there's even formulas out there that we're supposed to follow follow right Right. none of us follow it or some of us do on big giant boards or like leave post-its for ourselves or whatever um or just really try to get in there and find the funny in everything we're writing with improv you're just kind of letting it unfold and you're kind of following the funny which is something that will luera uh, who is a huge part of improv boston uh and and establishing it on the map here in boston uh he's a brilliant improviser and director i got to work with him early on and he really just kind of taught me to let it just kind of come out. Like, just just go for it. Right. So it's like, picture your best crowd work, right? right. You get your best heckle, and you f- and for some reason, your brain is there for you. Yeah. And you totally nab it and nail it the first time out, and you have this beautiful interaction. Yeah. And everybody in the room feels like it's beautiful. Even the heckler thinks it's beautiful <laughs> uh, somehow, right? Like, yeah. everybody finds it wonderful, and it feeds the energy of the show. Right. Uh, and then you can get back to business, right? That's mm-hmm. the most important thing. With improv, it's just a constant. You're feeding this animal to keep it moving. Because yeah. bad improv is bad. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you've seen bad improv. I have seen, I have seen a lot of bad improv. <laughs> a lot of bad. See, so you, yes. you just use the words a lot, which is what stand-ups always tell me. They're always like, I can't believe you do improv. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so bad. And I'm like, no. Bad improv is bad. Yes. Great improv is brilliant. Yes. Like, it's brilliant. And so it just helps me to... Be more well-rounded. I think that's what I was looking for, and why I've stayed in it. Oh, yeah. Is that now I just feel like I'm always I'm always working in comedy, always, always, and I think it just makes me a better performer.
0: When I look at improv, there's like teams, and they have like this like very tight knit sense of community. How do you develop that when you are also going to do uh, lots of stand-up gigs?
1: Yeah, I think I just have like <laughs> I sound like uh, some sort of tragic victim here, but I I compartmentalize it. I think like. Uh, some of it I work solo, right? And then some of it you're, I'm on this team and I am very close with them and you have to really listen. and yeah. Right, like, if you really think about it, uh, stand-up comics, we're, I don't know if we're the best... Are we good listeners? Do you know we're good listeners?
0: Oh. Uh, they, and this is based on, uh, and I love you guys, uh, the friends that I have in yeah. stand-up. <laughs> right. I'm like, you guys are great at talking. Yeah. Listening is not necessarily where their
1: strengths lie. Right, right. Yeah. Like... Uh, no, and agree, right? Yeah. So I'll give you an example. A few weeks ago, and I uh, please don't write hate letters to <laughs> Kinese. Do not email me, guys. I love you. Uh, I'll, I'll echo what you just said. Like, I love my stand-up friends. Or, like, we have such a beautiful community here. Yeah. I keep using that word. Like, I'm I'm super touchy-feely, and if you know me, I'm not. Uh, I guess I am a little, but uh, I love my stand-up friends. Yeah. Love, love, love. And I and our community is awesome, Right. Here's the difference, though. I recently was on a road gig with mm-hmm. the Improv Boston National Touring Company. So I was in the car with improvisers. Yeah. And it was the most positive, uh, upbeat <laughs> ride. A <laughs> yeah. two-hour ride, right? Where we're all, like, just doing bits and, like, being funny. And, yeah. Oh, mm, just so much energy. And I really had to laugh to myself because I thought, if this same two-hour ride was just stand-up comics on their way to a gig, yeah. it would have been like... Yeah, I mean, it would have been so different, right? It's night and day, because I think with improv, you're right. It's a sense of community. It's a sense of team. You're in it together. Yeah. Like, if we go down, we're going down together type of thing. If you're doing stand-up, if you suck, you suck by yourself, right? Like, you're sucking alone, and you own it. Yeah. And uh, and I think uh, other comics find some sort of... Uh, joy in watching another comic eat it on stage, right? Like, I think, uh, not every time, but, yeah. you know, there is some joy in watching someone kind of go up in flames. Yeah. And I think that, that's why I think stand-ups are so resistant to improv, because they're like, it's not, like, what we do is hard, man. Yeah. What we do is really hard, and it is. Yeah. And improv is also hard in its own way, because you're making something out of nothing, right? right. Like, you got to make something out of nothing. Oh,
0: us seems terrifying to me
1: like we don't know what's going to happen <laughs> like oh there's such joy in that though like I mean you've got to feel that in a way when you're on the road mm. like when I'm on the road the best case scenario is I get to do my act yes <laughs> right the worst case scenario is that someone had too many drinks at the Elks Lodge right or at the club beforehand mm-hmm. and I'm not going to get to do my act right got it and both can be amazing and cool and and funny yeah yeah
0: That's really cool. So wait, are you from the Boston area?
1: So I've lived here for 17 years, I think, and I grew up in Maine, so I'm a Mainer, yeah. That's why the other day I was like, you said, what's your favorite place? We'll just go there. And I was like, well, can you go to Maine? (laughs) Do you want to get in the car with me? Oh no, because we already established that would be the worst (laughs) ride ever. Kenise, what are you working on? I don't know, what are you working on? Uh, Yeah, I'm from Maine originally, and then I've lived down here for a while, like like a while.
0: If we were in a car together, I should I warn everybody, I just fall asleep in cars. You're really so a happy baby. Yeah, I'm just like mm-hmm. really perfect. quickly.
1: No, um, I would love to travel with you then. You're the perfect travel companion. <laughs> I won't ask you anything. No. I, won't bother you. <laughs> I don't want <laughs> to know you. Yeah. No, no when I'm in the car, I just want people to be quiet, right? Like, <laughs> oh. I'm like, can we just have some moments of silence?
0: <laughs> you would have so many moments of silence. Oh my gosh,
1: so beautiful. Like Except for like a little kitten noise, yeah. is what I'm guessing. I, I do snore. I, like uh, a little t- tiny. Yeah. It's got to be cute. Yeah. Because you're just a little thing. So I bet you're like. Ah. And then I'd be like, God damn it, Ace. That little kitten thing is bullshit. It was cute. first 15 miles.
0: Mm. So what brought you from Maine to Boston?
1: Well, I started doing stand-up up in Maine and when I was in my 20s. And uh, there's not a big market for up. There was one club up there when I started. And... Uh, I did it for about a year, and then I started getting some road work, which was good. Yeah. Um, and I say road work, but, like, Elks Lodges, uh, Franco-American Clubs, yeah. like, road work. Yeah. Uh, Legion Halls, like, way up in northern Maine and mm-hmm. New Hampshire and Vermont. And uh, and then I started driving down here, mm-hmm. down to Boston, to go to open mics. Right. Because there were no open mics up there. And so you, I would get, work my day gig, and then I would get in the car at, like, 5 30 and I would drive down for open mics Jeez. and then get out of open mics and drive back up to Maine and go to work the next day and I did that for a long time and then I just decided that I should probably move to a city that has stuff so I moved down here and yeah and then next. I just never left like okay. I never left ever which is weird because you don't think you're gonna stay and then yeah. you stay right yeah um and it's been great. Like I no complaint. I don't say that with any sort of angst. I I love living in Boston yeah, and yeah. I you know, I feel like I've had a really blessed like lucky little comedy career yeah. and I feel really thankful, yeah. Yeah. So,
0: I'm that sounds so like tiring to do that drive back and yeah. forth. What were some of the open mics that you were going to and like yeah. do you have any experiences yeah, you want to yeah. share?
1: Yeah. So, um back then the open mics there was a place called Hannah's Mm -hmm. uh in Somerville and Tim Kalen was the guy who ran that and then um with this other guy Brett which I don't even know what happened to him like Mm -hmm. I don't even know and uh I was meeting friends right making a ton of friends which is the best part about it right you start meeting like the 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 peeps that are coming up with you or like who are also in the same boat as you so like (laughs) Um, Tim McIntyre and who had actually been, I had met him in Maine on the road. He'd been touring for a long time, uh, doing road work and, um, Lamont price. And like, you know, you meet these people at open mics that are the people that you're going to kind of stick with. So it's like, uh, there was Hannah's, there was, uh, the vault on Sunday nights, Mm -hmm. which just was, is that your generation? Do you know? No, Vault Vault was uh, Uh, a little bit before my time. Closed a little bit before. Um, and the big dog, right? The big gun is the Comedy Connection Faniel Hall had Monday, oh. Tuesday and Wednesday open mics. Nice. Yeah, you'd graduate. So first you'd get a Monday. Mm-hmm. And then you'd graduate to Tuesday. Right. And then you'd graduate to Wednesday. And then pray to God that you would finally get a weekend hosting yeah. for like nickels, a bag of nickels, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um so yeah, so I would driving down and going to I'd go to the connection sometimes not even be on the list. Yeah. You would just go and hang. And then of course comedy studio was alive and well back then. Um yeah, I mean just really just doing those those sh- like wow. places I could get up, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing you're doing yeah. and have been doing for a few years and uh until you started working like right? You got to go out and you got to work it out yeah. and figure out what your voice is and yeah. there was a place called Grill 93 too <laughs> which was I think it's like a it's called the Chateau now. It's okay. literally on ninety three. Okay. Ninety three. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um and I remember meeting like Jim McHugh from the Boston Comedy Festival, uh-huh. Joey Carroll and I uh Dave Russo and I yeah. would would go you know, I'm like in my twenties and I'm I'm like all oh, bubbly and happy and full <laughs> of hope. <laughs> and uh I started getting work there, so I would drive down and get my paid work at the Grill ninety three. Nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Like, So what percentage of people you talk about, like kind of like the cohort you came up in, what percentage of those people are still doing comedy? And like, do you keep in touch with the ones that
1: aren't? Yeah, I mean, so I started doing stand up with a whole group in Portland mm-hmm. and uh, some of them are still around and some of them aren't. But the two major ones that i can think of right now we uh, george ham and bob marley is the king you know the king of maine to comedy he's obviously still a huge name and still touring george uh does comedy every once in a while and both those guys they were very well established when i started right um learned a lot from both those guys and then carolyn Plummer, my sister from another mister in the comedy world she and i she was from new hampshire Mm -hmm. she was driving to maine And then when I moved, she had just been laid off and she was like, uh, I'll move. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So I moved six months before she came down and it, we still are obviously in, in touch. Um, and then like Tim McIntyre, um, yeah, I mean all of those guys I met, I was very lucky because when I was up in Portland at the comedy connection in Portland, Maine, I got to work with like Don Gavin and Tony V and, uh, Kevin Knox, who's not with us anymore, I worked with those guys. So I would host for them or feature and you know, then moved up to feature for them. And yeah. so I got to learn a lot. Jimmy Dunn, you know, I learned a lot from those guys. And right. I'm still friends with those guys today. So um yeah, it's just kind of an interesting once you're in it, yeah, you don't really go anywhere. Like when I hit the five-year mark, I was like, okay, I think I'm stuck in this now. Yeah. Then you hit the 10-year mark and you're like yeah I can't give up now yeah. right and then you have a 15 year mark, and you're like <laughs> if I quit now I mean I need to quit life right like like I've invested so much time in yeah. this what am I what else am I gonna do at this point right. um and of course it brings me joy <laughs> makes me happy yeah 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 no I love it all right I love it still What's
0: your favorite bit of yours? Like maybe it's one that you had when Ooh. you started or like maybe it's one that's closer to now but like a bit that you're just like damn this one I like you like telling it. You know the audience mm-hmm. is going to love it like that. Yeah,
1: I cool. have one right now that I love telling mm-hmm. and I have a not to plug or drop, but I have a an album my second album's coming out in January. Yeah, yeah. And it's on the album. Plug yeah, yeah. Plug plug away. That's what we're supposed to do. Uh yeah, second album coming out. It's called You Woke Up Today. That's coming out in January. Uh, there'll be a big party for it. It'll be fun. More to follow. Uh, there's a bit on there called "A Thousand Pine Cones." And mm-hmm. it's probably my favorite bit in the whole world okay. right now. And I like it because I have to have a lot of commitment for it. yeah, and I have to stay in it or it'll lose it. Like it doesn't it won't hit if I don't stay in it. Right, right. And I like to do characters. Mm-hmm. And so this is a character telling me, what I should do about centerpieces? Oh
0: yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And so it's based on truth. A lot of my stuff <laughs> is based on the zany people that are in my life. Right. And uh, I love it. Like I love telling it. I mean, you've got to have a bit like that. What's your favorite bit to tell?
0: Um, right now, it's probably this bit where I make fun of white guys. Like just, it's really, it's very simple. I give more specific. Uh, uh, Yeah, that is. Uh, I, I recognize. That that's probably a lot of my yeah. material. <laughs> Which is um, <laughs> it's just one where I suggest different things to make them interesting, yes. uh, so that they're not just like one of another, yeah. like, oh, we get it, like I've met you, but like not you, but like a version of you so many times before. Yeah. You, yes,
1: yes, 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 so, yeah. yeah, fun, yeah. It is cool when you write a bit that you like telling, yeah. like I like that you asked that question, because there are some bits that I tell that I'm like, right? Like yeah. I'm like, oh, Kelly, ugh, um, <laughs> And then I have a couple that I'm, like, super into, and when people get on board, they're magical, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, in this bit, I talk, there's a moment where you say, uh, where I say, and the owl will say, (laughs) whoo, who?" and the crowd will always who with me, (laughs) and... It just, the level of who that I get, right? The level of (laughs) who-who that I receive in exchange for my bit uh, is the level of commitment that they uh, felt from me and then gave back to me, right? Like, I feel like we either get praise and applause, laughter, or just them being quiet and being on board. And I really, really like the silence sometimes, and Mm -hmm. I I soak in it because I just think it's just as valuable as the other stuff yeah, yeah, if they're dialed in
0: i i'm still kind of learning that distinction i feel like like the silence versus laughing all right when do i want them to be silent like right. i feel like i'm just getting a handle on that what are some other things that you think young co- comedians should be getting a handle on uh whether it be like right when they're starting or when they're in that three four year period
1: yeah i think that really kind of understanding your perspective. Mm -hmm. And I know that that you can read that in a book, right? Like I just gave you the thing that you can read (laughs) in any of the comedy books that are out there, the comedy Bibles, uh, which have value, right? Because I do think at the end of the day, it's your perspective. And being able to have someone in the audience connect with you Mm -hmm. is super important now more than ever, I feel like. And... Finding that moment where the silence is happening and you can look around and take your time and know that they're just waiting for the next thing for you to say. Okay. Right? Like, they love everything that you're saying so much that mm-hmm. that the, the silence is different, right? Like, there's crickets yeah. <laughs> and then there's silence, right? right? Crickets is like people clinging around their ice in their drink yeah. or like talking to their friend or or whoosh when you hear someone send a text message, oh, right? Like yeah. that's crickets to me. Like that's that's when they're not buying what you're selling. Right. Silence is when everybody is leaned in. I hate that phrase so much now. I used <laughs> to love it. And now it's used. Now so it weird. just makes me feel even more like a middle aged woman. <laughs> right? Like like I'm leaning into the sales of Dan Taylor. Yeah. Uh, I hate it, I hate myself for just, I apologize to the listeners uh, for saying that. Uh, it's It applies here though, unfortunately, where they're kind of focused in and dialed in yeah. on what you're saying, yeah. right? And they can't wait. And I also tend to take a lot of pauses, which is not good for late night television, so don't expect to see me there probably anytime soon unless I can figure out how to speed my crap up. But I think that there's some value in that, and it really makes it uh, more of a ride than just delivering jokes, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: really cool. Thank you. I I appreciate that. No problem. You're Uh,
1: brilliant. I hope your listeners know that. All right. Um,
0: if I if I feel like I deserve something, then I will say it. But it's weird to like I've looked up to you since I started comedy, and I remember I met you and I was like, "Hey, I'm so nervous," and you're like, "Why are you nervous? Yeah, yeah. You're
1: Don't just, you're like, yeah. "What are you doing? No, I'm probably hopefully, God willing, I'll work for you one day, right? Like, <laughs> I look at every comedian now in Boston that's coming up. Uh, so much crazy talent here, and uh, I think everybody makes choices in their in their comedy career, right? And I think that. I own my choices and I, uh, I, I like where I'm at in my life right now and I'm still in it, right? I'm yeah. still in the fight, I guess. Yeah. And then I look at someone like you who's young, right? And you're, do they know? Yeah. They know. Oh, yeah, the, the, uh, that I'm moving? moving. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they know about the move? <laughs> yes. Uh, that you're moving, right? <laughs> like, so, and I, when you told me that, I was so happy for you. And now, not to Rick Jenkins myself, because uh, Rick always says that Rick Jenkins from the comedy studio. Yeah. He always has his famous line that you're that these young comics are his retirement plan. To me, I'm like, I'm just hoping that maybe one day I get to I get to work for one of you guys, right? Like, it's uh, it's great to see that we're still churning out talent here. And happened since the '80s. That's what people are forgetting. Yeah. Right. So, if I ever have those moments, right? Because I'm a married lady now to a regular. I'm married to a civilian guy, uh, and he, I have a stepson. And so, you know, I travel still and do the whole like bounce between LA and New York and Boston. Uh, I think it's great that we're still churning out such great comedy here. Like it's insane. It's insane to me how funny we are here. I think it's the cold and the, Oh yeah. We're, we're angry. We're an angry people. Uh, Right, And those of us that aren't angry, uh, we're passive aggressive, right? Like I had someone say to me recently, they're like, you're so upbeat. And I was like, I'm actually super <laughs> douchey. I'm passive aggressive, which is like the worst. That appe- That's that's like a wolf in sheep's clothing. Like you appear to be upbeat, yeah. but in real life, you're just a jerk. Like I'm an asshat. Uh, but I thanked them and went, thank you. And then I was like, I'm doing it to you now and oh, you don't even, God. yeah. Oh.
0: Being that you're on the road rather frequently, have you noticed, like, a shift in audiences in the last, like, year two years?
1: Do you mean, like, attendance-wise attendance or just wise,
0: politically, like, what they're happening? Mm, like yeah.
1: One? So he, here's the thing. And that I struggle with this. So maybe we can work this out and save me some therapy. Um, I have thoughts and feelings, yeah. right? Like, obviously, I have thoughts and feelings. I'm am a I'm a citizen of this country that we live in, right? right? and i always feel like i'm uh copping out that i don't do political material uh-huh. however i don't want to do political yeah, material yeah. right like i have that feeling do you have that feeling every once in a while I, it's just like I, I
0: i'll sit down and i'll try yeah. to write a political bit and yeah. it's like this isn't what i want to talk like no, this isn't what no. i find funny this isn't how i
1: right yeah. i love political humor yeah. like i can watch people do political humor and i find it like brave and exciting and and uh it's uh, it's awesome, and I love it.
0: Yeah.
1: For me, I don't feel like I – it's almost too personal for me. Got it. And I share a lot of personal stuff in my act, mm-hmm. and I just feel like I – I don't know. There's something about it, right? So the audience – I'm not – I personally, mm-hmm. uh, because I stay away from the political stuff, I – I'm not running into a shift in audiences, okay, right? Although I will tell you, uh, probably, uh, probably a month before the election, mm-hmm. or even two weeks, two weeks maybe before the election, I <laughs> was up in Maine uh, doing a fundraising, big fundraising event. I get hired for a ton of those as a comic in New England. It's like a rite of passage, right? You're like, we'll allow you to make your living, but you have to do all the fundraisers that have ever been made. (laughs) And it's like, all right, fine. Uh, It's better than working in a cubicle, right, Right. for me. So uh, I was at this big fundraiser. And that day, Trump had been in town up in Lisbon, Maine, right, of all the places. Yeah of all the places in the world, and I'm the next town over. I'm, I'm doing an event the next town over. And so I wasn't going to talk about it, and I was on yeah. the show with some comedians that they weren't going to talk about it either, yeah. Mike Kotrobus and Carolyn Plummer. And I yeah. and I know those two, right, very well. They're friends of mine, very yeah. good friends of mine. And I was like, we're fine. None of us are going to do anything political. This is going to be fine, right? Because yeah. that two weeks leading up to the election, too, was really, like, everybody felt tense. I mean, <laughs> the two <laughs> weeks following the election <laughs> are also going to be the four years everybody everybody's on high alert yeah. right like for whatever reason yeah. no matter where you fall who, on high alert. whoever you supported yeah. everybody's on high alert right now yeah. right they're just feeling very like vulnerable and like well i did this because right yeah. so and which is great that's i love that we live in a country that you can feel all the feelings right yeah. so i get on stage and i uh, make the mistake of saying that uh, we had hit some traffic coming from Boston up to Maine. Right. I said, oh, yeah, I'm, so, I'm sorry that we're right on time. Uh, we hit a little traffic. Um, and I'm just super thankful that you all made it here as well. Yeah. And someone told me, can I curse? Yeah, yeah. Someone told me to go fuck myself what? better than that crooked Hillary is what he yelled at me. Yeah. And I literally um, thank God for these chipmunk cheeks, right? Ooh. Like, thank God for my cuteness. Ooh. And thank God... I have been on the road for many years, yeah. right? Like, I had a real human moment with this dude. He was like literally pissed pissed at me. were saying that- He assumed that I was gonna start making comments about Trump. Oh. And, uh, cause everybody is like, li- their emotions are yeah. in their throat, right? Yeah. And this guy, like verbal puked, he okay. verbal diarrhea just all over me, right? Yeah. I was like, I'm glad you guys made it here too he spouts this thing, he called her a bitch, he, did. he said Hillary, he's like that crooked bitch Hillary is what he said, um, and I said, I, there was a big moment, right, and uh, if you've ever seen me, <laughs> which I know you have, yeah. if the listeners are, uh, I rely on my face a lot, <laughs> my face is, uh, I give really good face, uh, I, you can read it all, mm-hmm. some of my punchlines are just my face, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not saying it's brilliant, I'm just saying it's, that's how I do it, and I just kinda looked at him like lovingly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm hugging you from way up here and I'm gonna wait until you calm down. Right. Um, and then I simply just had to say, I was talking about the traffic. Mm-hmm. I, not Trump, traffic. Mm-hmm. Another different T word, right? <laughs> yeah. And the crowd like erupted, right? Yeah. Because I think they felt like, they were nervous that we were gonna talk about it. Right. And and I, I, don't, I don't wanna do comedy like that. Yeah. I don't want to go to the middle of Maine and me personally, just me personally. Uh, If you're doing it, I commend you and you're brave as fuck. And how do the kids say brave AF? Uh, It's just not, I want my audience to kind of go, okay, I want them to breathe into whatever I'm telling them and just enjoy it. And we're so split right now as a nation that, you know, even mentioning mentioning the traffic, Mm -hmm. people are reading into it. So it's just an interesting to answer. That's a long winded answer. No, it's a perfect answer. But I think that it's important for us also as entertainers to know that. Yeah. And if you're a political entertainer, if that's your angle, great. And it's that's great. And that's okay. And if you're you or I, right, like you or me, or you and I, you and me. You Uh, and I think it's 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 either, either, right? That one's an either. Yeah. You can do either now. It's okay. Yeah, everybody's saying it's fine. Yeah. If you're Candice Kelly, uh, and you tell more stories, yeah. right? Then I think that's okay too, right? Yeah. Just let's let everybody just be. Yeah. Whatever they want to be, and I and take care of the audience though. Right. And uh, they'll take care of you. I think that's key. Yeah. That makes
0: sense. I because I was reading there are so many comments. Um, I guess. In the last couple of days there was a the comics come home thing. Yes. Yeah. Like and Wanda Sykes getting booed yeah. and like the whole reaction to that. And I was like in Boston? I guess people were coming in from the suburbs. Like that was like my first thought, but it was like, oh yeah, like what is this gonna be like for the next four years? It was right. interesting. I
1: find that so fascinating too because I'm a big I'm a huge fan of Wanda. I yeah. think she's amazing, right? I don't think she's I don't I wouldn't describe her, I don't know if you know her stand-up, I wouldn't describe her as super political. Yeah. I would describe her as a woman right. living in our country, who's talking about her experiences yeah. from her perspective. Right. So, for when I first heard that she got booed, and she she put out a statement yeah. saying, "Yeah," I, which I loved about her. Right. She's like, "Let me clear some stuff up. Let me clear some stuff up." I, I was, I just loved it. Right. I was like, "Good for you." Yeah. Like, like on all social media. Uh, you know, that she she was like, I didn't I didn't get booed off the stage. Yeah. I stayed I love this, right? She's such a comic. Yeah. Such a comic, right? I stayed and I did my time, yeah. right? I was like, Yeah, you did. Because that's what we do. Yeah. That's that is our that's job. Real. Yeah. Uh she <laughs> staged did her time and she was like and I feel like she was just doing her. And uh-huh. at first I was like, I can't believe and then I was like, Ugh. Yeah, actually I do. We're yeah. pretty I mean, we're pretty We present very liberal. Yes. We present very, right? Yeah. Like, we're like toddlers in Tiaras. Like, we look really cute once you get all the stuff on. Yeah. But But you take off that hairpiece and out those that flipper teeth, we're just a bratty two-year-old who wants our way like anybody else, right? And we're gumming a pixie stick until our mother shuts it down. Like, it's uh, it's unfortunate to me that that happened. And I think that this is what we're talking about is that people are, their emotion is so on the surface, right? whichever way you're leaning, yeah. right? Um, even now you and I are being very politically <laughs> correct, right? We're not even mentioning how we actually feel. Yeah. We're just telling people that, uh, so don't go hating us, yeah. everybody out there. Everyone uh, assumes my politics anyway. Like, right, well they assume my politics yeah. too, I mean, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, and I actually truthfully feel this way. I think people made choices, yeah. They uh, Shitty people existed on Monday, and they existed on yeah. Wednesday, right? Like, they were there the whole time. Well, I think that uh, now it's just really evident, right? <laughs> like, you can spot a douche. Yeah. <laughs> right? And they live on both sides. So it's yeah. like, I just think that uh hopefully, right? I'm hopeful that uh, shows have been great, right? Yeah. The shows have been great. So I think that people are going to find their way. Right. And stop being so defensive right like I think Wanda was just being funny yeah and I think that she knows the difference between a soapbox and a stage yeah right so uh I'm glad she addressed it and like uh yeah I think that the audiences will will all come back to center at some point and be just as strong as we've always been and just be able to kind of enjoy each other and that's the beauty of stand-up comedy is that you can have different perspectives and still find the funny in it, which yeah. is important.
0: Thank you for your, like, I just, ah, it's been an interesting week. Yeah. Like, the day, like, Wednesday at a show and people just, like, like, yeah. it, but, like, not just at a show. That's very generic. Like, specifically at a show in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, just, like, the attitude there versus, like, oh, I did a show in Quincy and, like, the attitude is a little bit different. And, mm-hmm. like, just, it's been an interesting, like, oh, okay, This I
1: hadn't seen this uh, division before and now I do yeah it's a curious thing to me too because and to go back to what I was saying before I feel like almost guilty sometimes that I'm not being more vocal about how I actually feel right yeah. and then I forget I'm an actual person with free will yeah, so in yeah. my personal life I can totally have my I can have my opinions and yeah, I yeah. can have my point of view and I can Uh, join any group I want to, and I can send money to any organization I want to, and I can say what I want as a person, right? Right. And it all comes back to, like, being really true to yourself. So the fact that uh, just know who you are and live that way. Like, Mm -hmm. I call it living right, right? Right. I just want to live right. Yeah. And uh, living right to me just means, like, living in truth and, like, knowing how I feel about things. And that's going to come out in my stand-up. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be, I don't have to share all my political views right. or use that platform to to shame anybody into yeah. how they're feeling. Although some people probably could use some <laughs> shaming, but uh, to be truthful. And uh, I want to keep the laughter. That's really, right. that's why I wanted to be a comedian in the first place. So I really want to make sure that the laughter is the first thing.
0: Nice. Yeah. Wait, when did you know you wanted to be a comedian?
1: Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, I grew up in a little tiny town in Maine. Mm-hmm. So... I didn't, I always loved comedy and I, my parents would let me like watch and listen to albums mm-hmm. like records, yeah. <laughs> uh, when I was young yeah. and very inappropriate. So I was listening to like, we had a Richard Pryor album in our house yeah. that I listened to at a very young age. Um, and I probably should not have been listening to that, great. but I was, uh, and I watched a lot of Monty Python and I watched a lot of Benny Hill, which is completely inappropriate. Okay. Uh, and just everything like my, I, they didn't really shut. My parents didn't shelter me from anything funny. So I knew how to be funny at a really young age. Mm. Uh, and I also knew that was the best way to get attention on the baby in my family. So it was like being (laughs) funny. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think when you're the youngest in your family, you learn real quick, like, Oh, okay. Things are good. Great. Let me help them be better. Things are bad. Hey, this will lighten the mood. Right. You learn how to do that. And, uh, I knew at a young age I really loved loved comedy and I wanted to be a comedic actress. So I was a singer when I was a kid, so I wanted oh, nice. to like be on Broadway and do fun Broadway shows. And then when I got older, I was like, I think I could actually be a comedian. That's a thing people do, yeah. and it's a job. So in my twenties, I did go to college by the, you know, encouragement of my parents. Yes. Uh, and then right after college, I started doing stand up. And I knew I wanted to entertain people, mm. and I knew I wanted to be funny because that's where I feel most comfortable. Right. Uh, yeah, I have a hard time being serious, actually. <laughs> and so when I am serious, it's, like, super serious. Like, okay. a, in my car, alone, got to get the cry out. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. So I'll just know, like, if ever I ever see you, like, very yeah. serious, I'm like... Oh, my
1: God. Oh, I, uh. If I'm driving and, the, and I'm sobbing, I'm probably... <laughs> don't wave. Oh, okay. Right? I won't see you anyway. Okay. <laughs> through the tears of my sadness that run deep in my body. Uh... But you got to get it out so you can get out the other yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So, like, how did you...
0: We talked about, like, developing a voice and a perspective and having to be true to that. How did you... Was that something you consciously did? Or did, was that just, like, uh, over the course of time, mm-hmm. this is the voice that developed?
1: Yeah. I mean, I was so bad when I started. <laughs> I, we haven't talked about that yet. I was a horrible comedian. Mm-hmm. Um way funnier with my friends, and I thought I was gonna be one of those tragic cases that we all hear about, right? You hear about the people that are like, my friends all think I'm super funny, yeah. so I'm gonna be a comedian, and then they just die a horrible death every time they go on stage. Right. So I was convinced that I was probably gonna be one of those. I was like, oh, I'm probably gonna, this isn't gonna work for me. And then actually, I did a road gig with Tony V, Yeah. and it was only a couple years in, super young, and we were just like laughing in the car, I don't even know if he would remember this, Uh, he's a gem, such a gem. Like if anybody's listening, uh, to this, that doesn't know who Tony V is find out because he's just the most amazing, wonderful, funny human being. Mm -hmm. Um, all those guys are great, but this story specifically about him, he, uh, I was telling him a story and I was just being myself and he's like, this is who you should be on stage. Just be this. Mm -hmm. Like normal you. Don't try to do something else. Just yeah. do this. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then uh right t- typical, like young yeah. <laughs> like, I can just be myself and it's enough. <laughs> I'm good enough. Um I just feel so dumb now when I think back to it. I'm like, oh God, you're like everything I hate, right? <laughs> um And then I had another comic right shortly right after that, yeah, say yeah. to me, um when you smile, the audience will, they'll take anything you give them. When you start to get a little angry, they hate you. They're like, you get angry with them and they hate you immediately. Uh-huh. So say all those awful things, just smile when you say it. Yeah. And I was like, all right, now I'm getting on to something, right? This yeah. is a passive-aggressive New England right. attitude, right? That horrible, like, oh, okay, well, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was took, like, a couple years for me to, like, find my rhythm where I was like, I can just be myself Yeah. and our brains are brilliant. Like they really will take care of you. So like if you get into trouble or you don't know what you're, you were going to say next or mm-hmm. someone heckled you or you get distracted because the waitress or the waiter or the servers drop dishes or what someone's cell phone goes, on, don't panic. Right. Like your brain will take care of you. React the way you would react as a person mm-hmm. and it'll probably be funny. Okay. Yeah. And I think people forget that. I mean, I think they do. I think if you're funny when you're just being a person, then hold on to that when you're on stage and it'll just help you out. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So. That's great. I I remember, so I, starting off, took a stand-up comedy class here in, yeah. in this room. At Improv Boston. Yeah, at Improv Boston. Yeah. And there was a f- like that was always the first question like so many people asked yeah. like okay what am I gonna do when I get a heckler and I was like why are we all assuming we're gonna be on shows <laughs> like some of, some of us aren't gonna be on shows yeah.
1: <laughs> I teach stand-up here and uh I, I never wanted to teach stand-up and I never took a class I know right they're gonna they're gonna fire me now uh I know nobody listens to this <laughs> yeah. oh they will we are gonna make them listen yes. uh I never wanted to teach stand-up. I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. Like, I can't tell you that you're funny or you're not funny. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. I just wrote a bit about a biscuit. Like, oh, and it's horrible. Uh, so, but I did. I'm now teaching intro to stand-up, which is a lot of fun. And I feel like it helps me. It, like, inspires me. I get that same question. I feel like intro to stand-up, that's, you people are already thinking about being heckled. And yeah. I'm like, Try having some material first. Yeah. Like, when you're brand new, I always I tell them all the same thing. I'm like, open with a joke. Yeah. Like, d- don't make the mistake I made, mm-hmm. which is to, like, lean on your adorable personality. Yeah. Like, get out there and tell a joke. They want you to tell a joke. Right. So don't worry about hecklers because if you open with a joke, you're going to be okay because you're probably only going to have five minutes anyway. Right. So stick to your five minutes. Just do your five minutes. Yeah. yeah, that's always funny to me that people panic over. But I feel like that's the... The heckler, right? Like, hearing someone deal with a heckler, Yeah, that's the trick, right, for people that don't do stand-up. Mm-hmm. Like, they feel like that's, like, that's jumping out of an airplane to them, right? right? Like, no parachute, just hanglining, free balling it, right, yeah. to, to see where you land. And I think that that's the magic trick in stand-up, right? Like, the audience wants to watch you work without a net. Right. They want to see you... Uh, Daredevil it, right? Like, they want that. And so I also treat every show that way. Mm -hmm. Like, when I am doing a spot, whether it's 10 minutes or it's an hour, I want them to feel like I'm working without a net. Like, I just wrote all this stuff just right now. And then I'm, you know what I mean? And I I feel like that's the art. That's the art form right there. Yeah. And that's what makes the audience go, oh, my gosh, that was amazing. And I love that. That's yeah. that's what keeps me in it, right? That's the needle. That's right I there. Love I love how, like, people who are
0: fans even of stand-up comedy don't, necessarily understand the process and like they see you do that and they're like she wrote all this today (laughs) like there's just like this assumption that like oh i was just sitting around and thinking and then all of these jokes just came out yeah
1: i just thought of it i just thought of it when i was driving over here (laughs) right well i think of your i don't want to say your bits on air because um because i feel like they're your bits and you should say them and i won't do them justice but you have that brilliant bit about how you look like Susan B. Anthony. Or Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman. Yeah. Harriet. Tub- Why did I say Susan B. Anthony? Oh, I mentioned Susan B. Anthony yeah, and a joke yes. farting. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Two ladies on yes. a podcast. That's what this should be called. <laughs> uh, yeah, you say, you compare yourself to looking like Harriet Tubman. And I watch audiences when you tell that, where they literally think you're just realizing it. Yeah. It right? Is. Like... That to me is, that is, that's the goods, right? Like that's the goods right there. I just, I love that. I love that response you get from a crowd when they're like, I can't believe she just said that, or I can't believe he just said that. Um, Because on some level they think they were thinking that too. And maybe they were. Yeah. And I'm not saying that people think that you look like Harriet. They no. do. They <laughs> come up to me after and be like, you do look like her." And I was like, that's no. not what no, I was No, you look for. like some picture that maybe <laughs> we saw once in like a seventh grade history yeah. book. Uh, you're gorgeous. Uh, please. So literally, I think that that's when an audience member really, ca- I'm gonna say it again and I hate myself. Slap yes, me, okay? I Can you he- slap me when I say I'm it? That's when an audience member really leans <laughs> in. Oh, bleh, bleh, bleh. oh, I just threw up. Can you just hit me with a bat? I did not. Uh-oh. Literally. I don't even have a bat. I, don't, I didn't bring a bat today. Uh... I think that that's when people really get on board with you, right? Mm-hmm. When they think that you're saying all the things that they think. Oh, my God, that's so true. Yes. Oh, my God. No, it's so true. Yeah, she's right. Like, I love that. Yeah. I love, love, love that. Yeah. Yes. Makes them feel special. Like, their $10, 18 $22 was really worth <laughs> it, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, so what are some of the changes that you've seen in, like, not just, like, the shows over the last two months but based on political stuff, yeah. but, like, specifically the Boston scene. Have you seen it change while you've been in the city?
1: I mean, people are still coming out for comedy. Yeah. They're still coming out, and they want to come out for comedy, and... Thank God, uh, comedy's on TV now more than it has been in the last, yeah. you know, however many years. When I was growing up, you could watch it all the time. Like there was Stand Up Spotlight on VH1, and there was uh, Evening at the Improv, and there was, um, there was, a uh, half-hour Comedy Hour on MTV. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, so I was seeing stand-up all the time on when I was a kid. Right. And those comics are still around, and they're still relevant. and yeah. They're still amazing. And then we went like a huge period of time where I felt like stand-up just wasn't on regular TV. Right. Like Comedy Central obviously doing you know doing the dirty work and making sure that stand-up has stayed on the air for yeah. years. And now you can see stand-up on TV. Like someone in Nebraska yes. can see a stand-up comic and they may have never been to a live comedy show in their whole lives. And we I run into that here in New England where they're like, I've never been to a comedy show before. So this is yeah. so amazing, yeah. I've yeah. never been. This is my first comedy show. I love hearing that because yeah. it tells me that people are interested. They're interested in what we're doing, and they're interested in the art form, and that's that's exciting. And I think people are still – they're coming out more than ever, Yeah, mostly too, because people need a laugh. People need something yeah. to laugh at, right? They want to shut it down for the night and just be able to dial in to – uh, uh, like physical response to right. what someone's saying and uh, we forget that laughter is that, right? It's just someone being open enough to like let their body take over yeah. and something tickles you. I love uh, yeah, I love that too. I do. It makes
0: me so happy. We were at the show uh, last Thursday and I told you, I was like, that's why I hate snapping so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's like not like, that's not what your body automatically does to say
1: right, it's funny. Right. You want to, you, oh, yeah, sorry, we were talking yeah. about that. Yeah, Kenise and I were on a super fun show that we were a little confused about at first. Yes. And it ended up being an awesome show yes. showcasing amazing women, Femme fatale. Uh I think we just didn't have enough information no. going into it. So we were kind of sitting in the back, and, you know, Kenise ate a sandwich for like an hour. It took <laughs> you like an hour to eat I that sandwich. A- very slow eating. I don't understand. <laughs> you I mean, I get you're a little person, but you were literally eating that sandwich for like an hour. I was like, girl, put down the panini. And by put it down, I mean, put it down your mouth. You got show to do. Was like, uh, yeah. It was that, plus the sa- yeah, I, I was the, I just, i very, very cute. I you ate vegetables. I was super proud Thank of you. you. Uh, I bought two oranges the day after, cause I was like, yeah. Kelly said I've got to eat fruits
0: and vegetables.
1: Listen, as a woman who uh, constantly uh, is fighting against her body, that which is me, I'm talking about myself. And I'm on like, I'm constantly trying to be healthy and it's impossible for our lifestyle, right? Like, so I'm really like trying to kill it right now. Like getting back to my fighting weight, whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Really, it's just like, please don't let me die 10 years prematurely date uh, weight. That's what I'm going for. So I asked you when was the last time you had a piece of fruit? Cause you were like, I don't think I eat very well. And I was like, When was the last time you had a piece of fruit? And you couldn't remember. You're like, uh I think I had a banana like yeah, two you weeks ago. I had a banana two weeks ago. I mean, I was like, you need to get an apple or an orange, something with citrus. I ate, I
0: yep. ate both. Good. Those I'm proud ones. of
1: you. Thank Cold you. season's coming. Yes. Everyone here is sick. If you ride the tea, you're going to get sick. I
0: get sick all of them. You're the going to
1: pick up something from someone, so get that citrus in. <laughs> Buy clementines. They're little and easy and cute. That's good. Because yeah. for me, like, if you think I eat slowly, imagine me peeling something. No, I can't. And if I ever see you <laughs> you're, you're with so an frustrated. orange, I'm just going to come over and peel it and be like, you're eating this now. <laughs> Because no one's got time for this. No one.
0: My friend has seen me, like, because we were in conversation, so I'd be like, peel a little bit and then, like,
1: stop and do something else. Yeah. She's like, it took you an hour to peel that orange. You had the tiniest panini (laughs) and this little tiny side salad. It made me want to time myself eating. Like, when I eat, it's like I'm in a race, right? Like, there's a T-shirt at stake that I'm going to win a prize (laughs) if I finish my plate early uh yeah that show was fun that was a super fun show show. yeah you know you're at a a show that you don't understand immediately i mean i understand obviously lisa Finelli, please know (laughs) kenisa and i are not dumping on the show it was amazing uh such great djs like female dj spinning which was really cool um dj hershey was there and um is it femme fatale sound i think think that was the one i saw uh anyway spoken word it was all this really cool stuff you can tell, though, that the, the stand-up comedians are confused, right, yeah. w- about the structure of the show when I volunteered to go first. <laughs> yeah. I went up to the promoter, and I was like, she's brilliant. She's a great producer, yeah. promoter. And I was like, hey, I'll go now if you want me to, because I, I couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around what was supposed to be happening. Right. So it ended up being brilliant and amazing. And going
0: first really, really worked.
1: Like, for those of you
0: guys who weren't there, uh, they were having all these issues with the sound, so yeah. they were just, like, t- having tech issues and just standing up there.
1: But, like, we require very little tech. So we, it's like, if
0: you want to get it started, we can do this.
1: We really do require very little tech. I had a gig the night before that, uh-huh. and... Uh, a corporate gig and so it was private and whatever and those gigs are great yeah and for some reason the mic didn't work but the clock was ticking like the audience they had introed me and then the, I, the mic didn't work oh, yes. so I just did it without the mic yeah. which I don't prefer by the way no comic yeah. prefers that uh but you're right like we don't require a lot yeah. and uh yeah if if we can help Right? Also yeah. all of our stuff is right. It's not like, "Oh, let me just tune my guitar yeah, no. or warm up my voice." Right. We're very, we're like, "Oh, you want me to start now?" Uh, yeah. I I will now I will begin. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun show. It was a good show. And uh I'm glad I learned this about you. It's like a fun little fact about you that you're like a super
0: slow eater. A so slow um uh, an ex-boyfriend, and this is part of the reason why he's an ex, used to count my bites. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah, and he would, like, comment on, like, oh, you, you really needed to chew that really hard because you did, like, a hundred-some bites for that one bite. So. I mean, maybe
1: he should be listening instead of counting, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, that's a good partner.
0: Yeah, I just
1: remember that. as a like, Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, I did notice it took you a long time to <laughs> eat, but I was not counting your bites. I appreciate that. Because I'm not a douchebag, I, so, yeah. I really appreciate that. And those that. are my words, not yours.
0: <laughs> So what are some things you enjoy doing outside of stand-up?
1: Mm. Uh, I, I, There's no disrespect. I hate this question because it makes me realize how little I do outside of stand-up. Uh, so, right, and then I feel I feel compelled to be like improv, which is comedy. That's uh, performance. I really enjoy – well, I'm married. I'm a married. a married lady, and I, I uh, adore my husband. He's uh, awesome and fun, and we like to – we like to travel a little bit. We like to uh, go on little adventures and uh, try new restaurants mm-hmm. and go listen to music and go to the movies. We love movies. We watch a lot of movies. Um, I also have a stepson, so we're always looking for stuff for him to do. He's right. 11. and uh, Is he funny? He's so funny. Mm-hmm. Can he's, like he's We just discovered he's super funny, <laughs> and I'm trying to decide if it's like, is this like a direct, like, So here's the here's the thing. Right. So he's not mine. He has zero of my DNA. Yeah. Right. We have no blood relation. Right. However, he's he's my son. I live with him. Yeah. Uh, My stepson is my son. I feel like he's mine. Do you become a product of your environment? Yeah. Right. Like I think that you do. I think that you when I met him, he was like a shyer kid. Right. I've been with them for years. Uh, And now that he's 11, he's, like, kind of going through a little bit of an awkward phase, right? right? Like most 11, 12-year-old boys do, 13. Uh, He's in junior high. We recently were selling wreaths for Mm -hmm. his Boy Scout troop, and I told him I would help him by posting it on Facebook However, he would need to do a thank you video yeah. for each person that bought. Oh wow. Because I thought that that would be a great way for him to like get out of his shell a little bit and it's a nice gesture. Right. And it's also a selling tactic, right? Yeah. So, I put it out on Facebook and a bunch of people bought and he had to make these videos and I directed him and I directed him in these videos. <laughs> he is super funny. Yeah. He uh by like the second or third video, he was like sharing his own ideas. I think I want to do this. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing all the typical improv coach stuff. Where I was like, "Look around the room. What inspires you?" Yeah. Uh, he's super funny and quirky, and I have a lot of material about him. Right. It's interesting to watch. I bet he, if he started writing, he'd have a lot of material about yeah. me, right? Yeah. And I'm growing a lot from having this child in my life.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah. I feel like he's going to give me this great gift of like seeing myself. Yeah. Right. You see. I feel like your parents are always a mirror of you, right? Right. The adults when you're a kid, the adults in your life, they're a mirror because you're learning how to be a person. Right. And so I do think that I sometimes see his reaction. Like if I say something, I'll see it on his face and I'm like, oh, I'm horrible. Right. (laughs) So you get to see like how you are because they don't have a poker face. Yeah. Zero poker face on a kid. It wouldn't well, no. scare me if, if they
0: did. Like, the kid had really
1: yeah, good. a really good poker face. Yeah. He's fun. He likes music too. We both like dancing. Like, we have a lot of dance parties at the house. That's fun. Yeah, super fun. He's into soccer and baseball. So, we have a lot of sports in our home. Yeah. And then I have a ton of awesome girlfriends that I've had for over 20 years that I get together with a lot. And yeah. so I try to schedule that time so that I'm not always doing stand up on, like, I do have stand up every weekend right. and on occasion I'll just block out like a weekend nice. and I save my pennies for it and budget. And so I can go be a person with yeah. my friends and yeah. And we just do like regular stuff, right? Yeah. Drink wine and talk and talk and talk and talk
0: Yeah. yeah. I thought you would say, because every time I've seen you, you've always been very put together. I thought you would like, 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 and your hair is always nice. Like, I thought you were going to be, like, shopping. Because I was like, you always look really nice.
1: I mean, I do like to shop. Who doesn't love to shop? But I'm, I'm meeting more and more people who don't. And I'm like, I don't yeah. understand you. Do you like to shop? I love shopping. you're yeah, always on point. <laughs> like, you always look cute and put together. Um, thank you for saying that. Like, especially today, I'm, like, wearing a no, dress no, no, no. and leggings and boots. No, it looks very, like,
0: it's like, oh, hey, I was just in the so mountains for something. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It looks like, uh, like, yeah. not trying, like, some people look like they're trying very, very hard. And you've never looked like that. It's always like, a, oh, this,
1: I'm just effortlessly classy. Oh, like that sort of like. my God, we're going to hang out more often before you move. <laughs> and then after you move. Uh, no, I do love to shop. I love bargains, though. I'm a big bargain hunter, mm-hmm. uh, obviously. Like, you can't just go crazy. Yeah. Uh, when I had a day job, I would, you know, I had a good day job and I would, like, <laughs> probably spend more money than I should. Mm. And then when I went full-time comedy career yeah. a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, well, I gotta dial this back a little <laughs> bit. Uh, so, I, I definitely like to shop. Mm. I like, you know what I love? Magazines. Like, I love Style Magazine. Mm, yeah. And I love, uh, like, house magazines. But I don't own a house. We don't own our home. Right. Uh, so, like, it's really weird that I'm into that. I, I don't think it's weird. I yeah, My mom used to get architectural
0: digest and I would like sit down like this is me as a teenager yeah. and I would like sit down and be like all right this I like this element
1: for a house and like right.
0: I would like circle things like I, I've still never owned a home but yeah. I was, like, I'm into that.
1: I'm totally into that. I always uh, I love travel magazines too like I want to travel everywhere. Yeah. I love cooking magazines although I don't cook very much like <laughs> I uh I think in my mind I'm super sophisticated and like well rounded, uh, because I know a lot about well, I'm like, oh, a cherry jubilee. Well, I just read that in Cooking Light magazine. Uh, uh doesn't that make it. you well rounded? I though? guess so. Uh, not them if them? you don't do them though, right? I,
0: I feel like knowing about it is part of it,
1: though. Yeah, like- I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I listen to a ton of NPR, so I feel like I know a lot about stupid <laughs> stuff <laughs> that, like, I, I feel like I, I've turned into a person that, uh, I, well, I'm older. I'm a little older. I'm a little older. And uh, I know I don't know how to say that, right? Like, I'm a little older. So now I feel like I dress for comfort, right? I used to wear high heels every single day. Always. Wow. Yeah. Always nice. wore high heels. Five feet tall. Always wore. I rarely wear high heels now. Yeah. Rarely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a few things. It's got to be comfy. It's going to be like a wedge or a kitten. Yeah. Right? Like, can't go over the di- over bored with it and I like comfy stuff like I like easy comfort Mm. and I think that that comes with with any person they hit a certain age where they go yeah I'm not doing this anymore (laughs) right like like no I'm good I think I'm good I I'd rather be comfortable and be uh dialed in with my head than like I don't need to be five three right I can just be five feet and comfortable and be able to walk anywhere I need to besides our streets are a mess yes how do you walk in Boston in high heels right like
0: I've seen and this amazed me to the point where I was like clearly staring it was like 17 degrees outside yeah I'm in all of the layers and I see this woman in like a coat it's unzipped pantyhose and heels just walking from the bank and I was like like, and this is in downtown where there's, yeah. like, cobblestones oh, yeah. everywhere. And I was just like, how? Why? Yeah. Like, I okay.
1: no. Did some like, did someone take your clothes? <laughs> yeah. Like, I did, I, like, did Are not. Are you, do you need help? Yeah. Blink twice. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things to do when I worked downtown, I had, I worked in an office downtown for many years, downtown Boston. One of my favorite things to do on my, um, like, before show. So, like, I would work all day. Yeah. And then I would have a show at night in the city, let's say. And so after work, I would like go and sit in a coffee shop so I could have a view of the street. Right. And I would watch the girls. <laughs> this is fun to do at Nick's too. The next oh, yeah, time you're yeah. at Nick's, yeah. take a look around the theater district, which is also slowly turning into the clubbing district. Yes. Um, it is like baby deer heaven. <laughs> like, it's just Bambies everywhere. Yes. Just girls who can't walk in their shoes. They're too tall. Right. They're freezing to death. Yes. We live in New England. <laughs> and it's just constant, like, wipeouts. So when I get out of Knicks, uh-huh. or, like, uh, God willing, work at the Wilbur, we, we've both worked at the Wilbur, yes. Yeah, yeah little right. plug. Um, you get out at any of those clubs, right? Right. Uh, if it's late enough, you get to see it really go down, and I love that. Oh. I love it. I'm going to do that. Uh,
0: the W has, like, a nice, uh, yeah. like, that That has a view of that whole intersection. Yes.
1: That, that's, I love it. Oh, my gosh, the next, before you leave, the next time, let's go do that. We'll All go right. to, like, we'll go hang out, and then we'll go and just sit in the window and watch. I love that. Watch it unfold. I love it. All
0: yeah. Right. So we're coming up on the hour. Do you have any final thoughts? Or actually, Uh, and this is, (laughs) this is something I ask everyone, uh, what's something that people would be surprised to find out about you or something that's like, uh, that could be like a scoop for this podcast.
1: Oh my gosh. Um, my age. No, I'm just kidding. You can find that on the internet now, right? You can't hide anything. It's all on the internet. Um, let's see. I think something that maybe people don't know. Oh, I got it. I – well, first and foremost, people don't know this about me, but I'm super proud of it, so I'm going to share it. There's, so there's two things. I can pop and lock because my mother made me take breakdancing lessons when nice. I was in the seventh grade. So that's the first thing.
0: You had a cool mom?
1: I'm She was super cool. I took jazz, tap, and ballet, and they offered breakdancing. Yeah. And she was like, I feel like you should take it just to be well-rounded, and I really wanted to take it yeah. because – um I had seen in, uh the movie and right. Breakin Two: Electric Boogaloo, <laughs> and uh, I I had parachute pants, and I really wanted to do it. So uh, yeah, I was I can pop and lock, still can do it to this day, and so that's one thing. And then the other thing I would say is that I have like a wicked guilty pleasure of um, watching like not. The housewife stuff, right? Yeah. A lot of women watch or people watch the housewife stuff. Yeah. Like housewives of whatever right. it is. Yeah. Never watched that. Yeah. I watch Dance Moms. Uh, I used to watch Toddlers and Tiaras. Right. And I watch all the little women series. There's multiple... little people. Oh that... it's like Housewives with Little People. They I didn't know I didn't know that existed. I'm an, I'm obsessed with Tara Jolie. Tara, if you listen to this podcast, <laughs> I feel fully believe. She's on dancing with the stars right now. She's okay. amazing. Okay. I believe she and I are supposed to be friends. Um we will be. Nice. We will be friends at some point. The last time I was in LA working, I almost tweeted at her to be like, "Hey girl, <laughs> I'm in L- I'm in LA. Why don't you and Joe, that's her husband, yeah. uh, come to a show um and we can have a drink after." And then I was like, "Oh no, she won't she won't want to come." I don't know why I'm so obsessed with her. She's <laughs> she's just awesome. Yeah. Like she She's obviously, I said, she's a little person, and I think that I became obsessed with that show. It's just a bunch of yelling. It's like Real Housewives, that series. She specifically to me is just like a go getter. Like yeah. she, and now she's on Dancing with the Stars, and so I'm a little obsessed. I'm a little obsessed with her. All right. Yeah. Nice. She's amazing. She's just, she just wants. She's like, I can do it all. So don't, don't worry about it.
0: So, what was her name again? Tara Jolie. Okay, guys, so if anyone knows Tara Jolie, you know what you have to do. You have to contact her. You yeah. have to set this up so that this can happen, set guys. Set
1: up a meeting. Set yeah. up. I mean, she is just the coolest. She's the coolest. She really is. i got to watch this show. I don't know why I'm still talking. I hope you edit. You probably won't because I'm being adorable about it. Um, yeah, I gush over, like... And I'm not saying, Tara, I'm not saying you're a B-level celebrity, so don't think that. I, like, lose my mind over B-level celebrities, though. Who else? I don't know. I can meet someone super famous, and I'm like, yeah. Like, when I did Premium Blend, Damon Wayans was the, um... Yeah, yeah. He was the host. I did the last season of Premium Blend on Comedy Central. And I was barely phased, right? Right. Uh, and I've met, like, I've met a bunch. I've met yeah. some famous people. I ran into Lori Mae, uh hernandez who was the little stand-up comedian on america's got talent last season yeah Yeah, yeah. and lost my shit like i lost my mind i like i was like oh my god i like freaked out like she looked terrified like (laughs) mom and dad middle-aged woman no stranger danger like i lost my shit yeah and i think it's because i don't know i can't even tell you why it is i just do so that's probably the other thing that the moral of that is if you're a B level celebrity, I'm gonna chase you down the street and lose my shit. But I'm normal otherwise.
0: You guys heard it here. Normal otherwise, but we'll chase a B level celebrity. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> guys, this has been Person About Town. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.
1: Bye, thank you.